well, the two weeks that we've had church uh, here in, on Wednesday nights, we've been talking about boundaries. The first, uh, actually, I guess it'd be three. We did we did kind of an introductory ductory message on just what boundaries are, and then the second message, I believe, we talked about boundaries and you, and then. Uh, Last week, we really focused, as we got to the end, we focused on our mind. And uh, I want to encourage you that if you weren't here for that, uh, it would do you good to go and, and listen to that on our website or watch it on our website. I think it's important for us to understand the boundaries that we need in our mind. Uh, but tonight, I want to take it a different way, uh, a different direction, continue to talk about boundaries and uh, we will, at a later date, talk about boundaries uh, in the family, and we'll talk about boundaries in, in marriages. Uh, but tonight, I want to talk about boundaries in relationships. And this is not just uh, dating or marriage relationships. And I want you to be very uh, quick to understand that. When you look at relationships, I'm convinced the Bible speaks much about the relationships that we are in that has and, and it does deal with dating it does deal with marriage but there is so much more that's vital to our health as a Christian if you have your Bibles would you turn with me to the book of 2nd Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14 and uh, as you're turning there brother Lee mentioned it and that is our regional camp meetings that uh, the Missouri district is having and uh, this is a new kind of a new concept, a new thing this year that they wanted to do. Normally, we did a camp meeting in July, and uh, it was here in St. Louis, and people had to come to St. Louis, and that works great for us. It didn't work great for for uh, uh, people across the state, you know, that, that couldn't get away. And so what the Missouri District is doing is we're having four regional camp meetings. This week, uh, tomorrow and Friday, is going to be in Lebanon, Missouri. That's the Southwest Regional Camp Meeting. The next week will be in Poplar Bluff, the southeast one, and that will be at the uh, Black River Coliseum. Uh, those two are going to have Brother Aaron Bounds as their speaker. And then uh, the first two weeks of March, the first week of March, that Thursday and Friday, it'll be our northwest in Kansas City at Life Tabernacle, and Brother Victor Jackson will be preaching uh, that uh, one. And then ours is going to be March the 12th and the 13th. So you want to put that on your calendar uh, that Thursday, that Friday, we'll be from now on these next four weeks. We'll be talking about that, and you'll see it in social media. But uh, we'll gather. It's Thursday night, March the 12th, Thursday night at 7, and our district superintendent will give us uh, his thoughts and, and sermon for that night. Friday morning at uh, 10 a.m., uh, we'll be having a camp meeting service. Brother Victor Jackson will be preaching that. And then Friday night at 7 p.m., well, Brother Victor Jackson will also be preaching that one as well. And also uh, that Friday night during the, the, the camp meeting service is a children's Holy Ghost crusade. The Lloyd Squires, uh, among others, on, you know, other people that will be helping will be doing that service. It will be at the sanctuary. So that's our camp meeting, and we're going to be a part of that. We won't have church that Wednesday night as we get ready for that, and we want to encourage you to uh, make any and every one of those services that you can on March the 12th and the 13th uh, at the sanctuary. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14 says this, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? 
What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them, walk in them, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Relationships matter in the life of a Christian. And uh, hopefully before tonight is over, uh, you will understand even deeper how important it is that you choose who you're connected to. As important as your mind is, as important as what goes in your mind, that your mind controls uh, your body, your relationships also have a way of controlling your life. Uh, Brother Brother Lee, would you uh, grab that right right inside the door? I preached, it's been, oh, I don't know, four years or so, on the principle of a yoke. And I want to bring that back out again. Preach on the principle of a yoke because I want you to understand why the Lord chooses that phrase, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Okay? So a yoke is a... It, it, we don't really have a bunch of these now. We've got awesome uh, uh, John Deere tractors and Massey Ferguson tractors. But a yoke allows two animals to be harnessed together. This is a, a real yoke. It was probably more for uh, maybe a, 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 a little goat cart or something that they have. That's why it's a little. But you would put two animal heads, one in this one, one in that other, and then where this big ring is, it would be hooked to a, a, uh, a wagon, and it would go. Now, a yoke can either be a phenomenal thing, or it can be a horrid thing. So, uh, Brother Grant and Brother Zane, come help me for a minute. picked the reason I picked Zane and Grant is because Zane and Grant are roughly the same size and the same build and if they are of the same temperament a yoke can be an amazing thing I don't know if you remember some of your physics classes and your science classes there's a thing called synergy and synergy goes like this and I may have the numbers wrong but it goes kind of like this one horse can pull a thousand pounds Two horses together can't pull 2,000 pounds. They pull 10,000 pounds. It, it's all in how you work together. And so if, if Zane and Grant are of the same temperament and they are of the same build and, and they can work together, I could hook this up, they could put their backs into it, and they could pull far more than they could pull on their own. In that sense... Being yoked equally is a good thing. Uh, uh, if we were to talk about a marriage, being yoked equally is a good thing. You can do far more. When a when if I was to talk about the, the church leadership and the church body, if the church leadership is yoked equally, we can do more for the kingdom of God. All right, does that make sense? So everybody understands how that works. All right, come here, Brother Anthony.
Sorry, Brother Lee. You see, Brother Lee, who's a fine specimen of a man. Brother Lee's kind. If you watch Brother Lee, he's he's acquiescing to the smaller, diminutive Anthony. But if I wanted to, and we allowed, one thing that happens all too often in a yoke is when you are yoked together, it allows the stronger to bully the weaker. So, Brother Lee, you just go wherever you want to go. If, Aaron, if, if, if Brother Anthony doesn't want to go there, because he's, you broke my yoke. So, so a, a, a yoke can be a very dangerous thing. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 we didn't re- I couldn't really find anybody, but what I, what I wanted to do is, is get somebody really small because then you would have this picture of someone whose feet don't even touch the ground. Because yo- who you're yoked with matters. And so as we talk about a few uh, elements of, of, of how we as Christians and how we as children of God ought to be yoked, I need you as we do this to keep these two uh, uh, word pictures or at least illustrations in mind. That if you're equally yoked, it can be an incredible thing. If you're unequally yoked, the bully, the stronger, will bully the weaker. Now, it's easy to, to you know, say of, of, of Brother Lee, who's bigger than, than uh, Brother Anthony, who, I mean, I'm going to say stronger. That might not be credibly true, but, you know, you got to, it, it's easy to see that. But I will tell you that I've been around animals where the size doesn't necessarily mean the stronger. And so there will be moments in which, as we're talking about these relationships, it's easy to say, I'm stronger, so thus it'd be okay if I get yoked up with this that doesn't match because I can pull them my way. But I'm going to tell you, I've watched some ones who would, some. I mean, I, I, had, a, I had a little five-pound rat terrier. And I've watched that five-pound rat terrier put a full-grown German shepherd on its back, yelping and screaming and squealing. And sometimes who you think might be stronger ends up being the weaker and the yoke determines who goes where. So as we talk about this, so here, so as we, as we talk about these relationships, and you can, yeah, just leave it right there. As we talk about these relationships, I want you to understand that picture because we don't talk about yoked very often. 
I don't know that any of you have thought about a yoke today. None of you woke up last night and go, man, I, I wonder where my yoke is. And so if we're not careful, we use terminology that is not common to us today and it loses its it loses its its grab so I want you to understand what it means to be yoked the Bible says do not be unequally yoked with believers okay now do you remember uh, in, in in the last message when I talked about what we listen to what we watch what we do do you remember how careful I was to explain to you that there is a principle that comes first before anything else all right so so I mean you know I, I told you that that I didn't grow up with a television and so you can say oh well he he was safe he didn't have some of the filth that was on television uh, we didn't have a, a, you know movies galore we didn't have any of that but but I told you that I had issues with what I read okay so understand that the Bible first just simply says be careful how you're connected to unbelievers. It didn't say anything about marriage. It didn't say anything about boyfriend, girlfriend. It didn't say anything about your friendships. It just put the principle out there and then we take that principle and we apply it to everything else in our lives. And one of the things that's very interesting as you read 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14 is this, and I want to uh, use some some uh, of Warren Wearsby and his, his, the Bible exposition commentary. I love uh, the way he, he kind of puts things into perspective. So what I'm going to say here in the next little bit uh, is coming, it's paraphrased, some of it's verbatim from Warren Wearsby, uh, the Bible exposition commentary here on, uh, what is that, Second, first Corinthians, Second Corinthians 6, 14. It is by nature, it, it's the nature of something that determines the association. So because a pig has the nature of a pig, it tends to associate with other pigs in the mud hole. Because a sheep has a sheep's nature, it tends to flock up with other sheep. Very seldom, very rarely, uh, will you see a sheep and a pig in the same area. Now they may grow up together, but you don't see a, 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 a sheep wallowing in the mud hole. You're not going to see a pig hanging out with the sheep, you know, eating grass and, and being kind and following, although I'm trying to remember who, who posted it. It may have been Sister Betty Harding. I don't know. Somebody posted a Facebook video about a, 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 on my wall a shepherd who's leading a flock of sheep, and it's a beautiful setting, idyllic setting. They're going across a, a road, and, and, and there is one ram that, for whatever reason, has it out for the shepherd, and in that group, he knocks that shepherd down, stands on top of him, jumps up and down, and then finally all the sheep move off. The you, you see in the video, the the the, the shepherd kind of get up, and he's and that ram comes back, and I mean knocks him for a loop. And whoever it was, Sister Harding, or whoever said said that's the the nature of a pastor. And I won't say if that's right or wrong. You'll just have to decide if that's how it happened. But nature determines your association. You have a Christ nature, a divine nature. You have been changed. Remember, old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. You have a renewed mind. You have a renewed heart. You have a renewed purpose. And so it should be that if you are born again and you have a divine nature, 
you need to let that divine nature associate with divine nature. It, 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 it associate. It has a natural desire to associate with others who like the things you like. The term, the concept of unequally yoked, perhaps maybe the first time you see that is Deuteronomy 22.10, and uh, you shall not plow an ox with a donkey. Uh, the, 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 the ox was a clean animal. The donkey was not. King James used a different word. You don't yoke them together. Have you ever seen cartoon of donkeys or mules? They sit down, you know, and they put their feet like this. Did you know they really do that? They, no, like, like really. I, I When we were at Gateway back to Bethlehem and we had all the animals, we'd have three or four llamas. I even had one time, I even had uh, 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 a couple of, of hump animals, camels. That's what I'm looking for. I even had a couple camels. We had horses. We had donkeys. We had chickens. We had... They were awesome. We kept them in the bottom floor of the old Gateway building because they didn't use it then, so it worked out perfect. So any of you that went to Gateway Urshan over there where they have their, their the main part of UGST where Brother Bernard's office was, that's where we kept all the animals. We had llamas born down under there. But but I would go and take the try to take the, the, the donkey out, and we would, and that donkey would plant his rear end down, put both feet, and just go. You put a donkey with an ox, something's gonna get his neck broke. And so God said to Deuteron in Deuteronomy, He said, just don't mess with the animals. It's not fair to the donkey and it's not fair to the oxen to put them together. And so just, you're not going to get anything done if you want to plow your field and you put an oxen and a, and a donkey together. So don't do it. They have two opposite natures. They don't work well together. It, it, it's cruel to bind them together. And in the same sense, we've got to be careful who we're connected and bound to. Now, if you have your Bibles, I, I want you to... Just turn there to that, to that same place. 2 Corinthians chapter 14 all the way through 18. Uh, I don't know who's back there. If it's Brother Tim. If you can kind of follow a, a little bit, you, you can. But there are nouns in there that Paul uses. And Paul, remember, he's smart. He's a, doc, he's a doctor. He's a lawyer. He's not going to just use idle words. So watch the words that he uses. Fellowship. Communion. Concord or harmony, part, agreement, all of those words speaks of having something in common. Okay? Uh, the, the word concord, for example, it's where we, the, the, the Hebrew, or, or probably this would have been the Greek word, the Greek word for concord is where we pull our word symphony. Think of a symphony. All of those instruments, all playing different parts, but in harmony. And it's beautiful. <laughs> to, to, to the praise team that was singing and, and playing uh, and practicing tonight, even Sister Danielle said the same thing. I, I walked in, and it sounded awful. Now, hold on before you think I'm feeling bad. It sounded awful. And I, I, that's why I poked my head in, and y'all are all singing. Nobody's got weird faces on, you know. And so I'm like, okay, help us, Lord. What I realized is I was hearing some music downstairs. And it was just perfect enough that it tried to sound like it was together. 
And, and Sister Danielle, she said the same thing. She said, my goodness, I thought, what in the world's going on? And then we realized it's because there were two parts that weren't supposed to be playing together. And so it is that God desires for his people to be seen in these words. He wants us to share with one another. That's fellowship. He wants us to have communion or have something in common, the blessings of the Christian life. He wants us to have harmony. He wants us to have agreement as we live and work together. And so the thing is, is if you try to walk with God in one direction, but also walk with the world in the other direction, it's going to create discord. It's going to create division. In fact, these are Paul's words, so don't get mad at me. I didn't write it. Paul says it this way. Watch. He, he saw believers and unbelievers in stark contrast to each other. Watch the phrasing that he uses. Righteousness with unrighteousness. Light with darkness. Christ with Belial. Belial is another word for Satan. Belief and infidelity or unbelief. God's temple with idols. How in the world could you ever bring those opposites together? It's impossible. The very nature of you as a Christian means that you are separated from what is unholy. And so the word begins to tell us, be careful who you're yoked up with. Now, I, I, could, I, I would just start with this. this I'm, I'm going to spend about 30 seconds on this because if you don't get it on a Wednesday night in this crowd, I'm, I'm sunk. First, or, or, uh, Galatians 5.1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith God hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. If God has set you free, if God has filled you with his spirit, you've repented of your sins, you've been baptized in Jesus' name, for God's sake, please don't go back to the thing that he pulled you out of. Don't get tangled again in that yoke of bondage. I believe with all my heart. Yes, we make mistakes. Yes, we, you know, Paul said I've got to die daily and all of that is true. But the, the promise and the understanding is if Christ has made you free, you are free indeed and you don't have to go back to that lifestyle. A Christian's life ought not be one of ups and downs. It ought to be one of a continual ascent. And by the help of the Lord, you can be that. So the first yoke you've got to be careful with is we've got to be free from the yoke of sin. But I want to spend time on the yoke of relationships. And, and I believe this works very well within the boundaries that we're talking about, boundaries that will save our soul. Matthew chapter 6, 19, Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and, steves, and thieves, not steves, although steves could if they were a thief. They're a thief named Steve. We, we have an issue where thieves break through and steal. Whew. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves don't break through or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If the light of the body is the eye, and if therefore thine eye be single, then thy whole body be full of light. But if thy eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. And the light that is in thee is darkness. Then how great is that darkness? And again, verse 24, for no man can serve two masters. He'll either hate one and love the other or hold on to one and despise the other. And just one example of this is given, you can't serve God and mammon. Mammon is a type of money. So, so this, this 
Bible verse is not just about the relationship we have with money and treasure. It goes far deeper than that. The point is you can't serve two masters. So the first thing that I want to tell you today is, is you need to be careful of your friendships. Now, you can have acquaintances. You can have people that you talk to. You can have people at your work that you say hi to. Never in the Word of God, never in any of this does God command us to be a hermit. Never does He call us to be cloistered away. Never does He call us to be ignorant and, and hate people. That's not what this is all about. But you better be careful who your friends are. My mom and dad, and I'm sure your mom and dad too, they taught you about peer pressure. My mom, one of my mom's favorite statements, other than go get the belt, I'm going to beat your head off, was, um, and she's not here to defend herself, and that's perfectly okay. But one of her things was, if all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? My stupid self said, well, yeah. Go get the belt, I'm going to beat your head off. I mentioned this at some point, and I'm not going to do it Take, take a ton of time, but it, it goes back to that Ammon had a friend. That story in 2 Samuel chapter 13 and verse 1 when, when Absalom, who, who's the son of David, had a half-sister whose name was Tamar, and, or a sister whose name was Tamar, and Ammon, who was a half-brother, loved his half-sister. And, and it wasn't wasn't right even even in that time frame it wouldn't have been something that would have been uh, uh, you know pleased with Ammon the Bible says was so vexed that he became sick and and he 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 thought everything you know trying to figure out what to do but verse 3 of 2nd Samuel 13 is this incredible statement again brother Jerry Jones does it justice when he preaches but Ammon had a friend whose name was Jonadab and, and basically, as you walk through that story, Jonadab talked with Ammon, convinced Ammon, this is what you do. Just act like you're sick. Tell your, tell your dad that, that you're so sick you can't get out of bed. The man cold is, is, is really hitting you, and you need Tamar to come and feed you soup and have Tamar sit on the side. And, and all of that played out. But it was Ammon's friend, Jonadab, that was feeding that to him. And at the end of the day, that story ends in disgrace. It ends with, 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 with rape. It ends with, with shame. And it's all because Ammon had a friend. That yoke is strong in friendship. And, and I'm thankful for friendships that where, where you can connect and you can bring them in. But I've seen a lot of friendships go the opposite way. I've seen it, and, and I could talk to our young people right now for a little bit. I've seen friendships where, where when you're with that friend, no one would ever know you're a Christian. Because that friend is stronger. Your desire to please the friend is greater than your desire to please God. And so you get caught up in a yoke and, and where, where you should be the stronger one with the power of the Holy Ghost, where you should be the one that leads and directs. Instead, it pulls and pretty soon you're going, and, and let's go back to, to brother, brother Lee and, and Brother Anthony. Brother Lee is the, world, is the worldly friend. Brother Anthony is the godly man. And, and you see, if you're not careful, 
that worldly friend can pull you every way but right. It's important who you're connected to. I didn't understand this growing up. I, uh, I, was, I was the smartest teenager in the whole world. I knew everything more than my mom and dad. I mean, you know how it is. I'm just, I was brilliant. And my mom and dad would caution me about people I hang with and caution me about places I'm, I'm, I'm headed. And, and my brilliant adolescent self didn't see it. But they did. And they saw that yoke of friendship can be detrimental to your soul if you're not careful. That's why the Bible says, do not be unequally yoked. The, the yoke of, of, of business partnerships. I'm not talking about the guy that's in the cubicle next to you. You can't help that. But I've seen, I've seen guys and, and ladies, I've seen them start businesses and they, they get yoked up in business partnerships and, and pretty soon you, you'll realize who the strongest of a relationship is. It doesn't take very long. When you, get, when you put a yoke upon you, it does not take very long to see which one is the strongest. And so when it says do not be unequally yoked, it does not just apply to friendships. It applies to every partnership, business partnerships. It, it applies to dating relationships. This this. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's, it's more prevalently in our young people and our young adults because that, that, that's where you're at. But the question that I would ask of any, anybody here is does your dating relationship, does it lead you to Christ or away? Does it lead you to church or away? Now, let me step and go a little deeper. Does your relationship lead you away from your family? or towards your family? Do they lead you away from your friends or towards your friends? I've watched relationships alienate families because they're unequally yoked. I've watched it break up friendships because it's unequally yoked. And so it is that when you, if you're going to follow some boundaries that are going to protect this all-important thing inside called our soul. I know that that relationships, whatever it may be, friendships, partnerships, dating relationships, marriages, whatever. I, I know that seems vitally important in our world today. But at the end of the day, you will not stand before God's judgment with your partner. You're not going to stand in God's judgment with your friend next to you. You're not going to stand in God's judgment with your spouse next to you, with your dating relationship next to you, with your business partnership. You're going to stand before God by yourself. And at that point, you'll realize it was either worth it because my soul was saved or it wasn't worth it because I'm lost. And, and, and so these relationships are vital to our soul. The history of the kings of Judah, kings of Israel, you, you, they're, they're, I mean, you can look at Samuel, Chronicles, uh, uh, you, you know, the kings, it doesn't gloss over the ugly facts. I know that you can see in there Asa, King Asa, did that which was good in the eyes of the Lord. Oh, you can find King Jehoshaphat who departed not from it, doing that which was right. You'll find kings like Joash and Uzziah and Hezekiah and Josiah and a few others that reigned uprightly. But the shameful deeds of those rulers of, of, of 
Judah and Israel, they're openly chronicled as well. We're told, for, exist, for, for instance, we're told when Rehoboam had established the kingdom, he forsook the law of the Lord, and, and, and then we see that King Ahaziah also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab to do wickedly. So you have in the Chronicles, in the Kings, you have good and bad. And there's other examples that I could cite from that. But let me look at, at one king by the name of uh, Jehoram. Because of the explanation that the Bible gives for his evil behavior. We read in 2 Chronicles chapter 21 and verse 6. We read that he walked as the house of Ahab. We know King Ahab was a horrible person. Just did awful things for, for, for the kingdom. So, so King Joram walked as the house of Ahab. And then you get the rest of the story. For he had the daughter of Ahab as his wife and he wrought that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord 2nd Chronicles chapter 21 and verse 6 Jehoram's reign was a failure in fact the Bible says that he died without being desired for one reason he married a worldly woman Ahab's daughter in fact the Bible tells us that there was no one like unto Ahab who, who sold himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord whom Jezebel his wife stirred up there's another connection unholy alliances they always lead to compromise they always lead to spiritual disaster I, I, I'm, I'm amazed as I keep reading through the Bible watch 1 Kings chapter 11 1 Kings chapter 11. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women among, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite woman from the nations concerning which the Lord hath said to the people of Israel, you shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they with you, for surely they will turn away your heart after the gods. That's what God said to them in, in Exodus and Deuteronomy and Leviticus. Don't, don't do that. And now here we are, Solomon, the wisest man that ever walked the face of the earth, but yet also the stupidest one. Up until, verse, uh, up until chapter 11, everything is incredible. He built the temple of God. He, he built his home. He's smart. He's got wealth. The Bible shows, one of the, one of the chapters tells you everything he had for a day. It tells you how many goose got cooked that day, how many animals were slaughtered to feed all of his household and all those that were in there. It's incredible. And then you come to chapter 11, and it's because Solomon loved many foreign women. He clung to those in love. Verse 3, he had 700 wives who were princesses, 3,000 concubines. And his wife turned away his heart. And for when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God. And so it is that unholy alliances, I've already said it, but I'll say it again, unholy alliances always lead to compromise and spiritual disaster. That's why Paul wrote, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And then in verse 17, he says, Be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. See, separation unto God requires separation from the world. And I want us to stand today. And I, I want to end it 
in this way. I mean, there, there's. I guess I could keep giving you examples, and I could, I could go over and over and on it, but that's not what we need right now. I remember vividly March fifteenth, two thousand thirteen, a tweet that Pastor Gary Dornbach wrote. It so affected me that I wrote it down, and I even remember it to this day. In fact, I could even tell you he tweeted at eight twenty because that's how much it impacted me. I wrote down the time. But he wrote this. Now, I think he was quoting from another pastor, perhaps, or maybe an author, I'm not for sure. But he said, If my wife and my kids follow my speech, my actions, and my temperament as a husband or as a father, will they get closer to God or farther away? That really made me think that day. I had to step back, and, 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 and I'm talking about family right now, I, I know, but had to step back and say, Brandon, if Zane follows my footsteps, will I lead him to God or will I lead him away? If my wife follows my footsteps, will I lead him to God or will I lead him away? That, that affected me and impacted me. But the same question could be asked right now. Put Grant and Zane in that yoke. But Grant, the steps that you take, if your friends follow you, Will you lead him to God? Will you lead him? I could go down the list, Zane. I, I, I could I, I could ask everyone, but Caleb, as you go go to your job and as you will you lead them to church? Will you lead them to God? Will you lead them to righteousness? Or will they lead you aside? Because that's what it means to be careful who you are yoked to. I put that, that picture in your mind. I hope you always remember Brother Lee and Brother Anthony in the yoke. You laugh, so that means it connected. Go back to, to the, the mind. It connected some dots. You're going to always remember that. You're going to always remember Brother, Brother Zane and Brother Grant in the yoke. Your relationships matter. Your friendships matter. Your, your, your dating relationships matter. Your marriage matters matters and we've got to be careful who we're connected to there has to be boundaries of our relationship 